It's November 6, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Ren Neal, and she is here to tell us about the recent Climathon and Get Zero Wasted. Then we're going to be joined by Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong to talk about the a, a data-driven uh, sort of citizen science project called Aina Informatics. Okay, so we'll just get into talking to Ren because she's right here, Ren Neal, and she's here to tell us about Get Zero Wasted and, of course, the recent Climathon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Well, great. Okay, so Ren, tell me first off, I mean, we did have a show about the Climathon in general and, and you know, sort of uh, before the actual event, but how did you hear about the, the Climathon and what, what drew you to it? Yeah, so... I was individually kind of seeking out a group, a climate group, and I mm-hmm. and I just kind of stumbled upon it. Facebook mm-hmm. is a wonderful um, place, so I just found it on Facebook, and then I decided to go. Just a normal person, I walked in the door, and here I am. So, so during the kind of team formation part, mm-hmm. uh, did did somebody go up there and pitch an idea, and then and then the team sort of organically formed? How did you end up on a team? Yes, so um, someone in our group went up and pitched their original idea, which is which, by the way, was completely different than the one that we ended up with. But um, and then we all kind of networked and talked around and kind of formed our groups kind of organically. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting experience. And your uh, interest is in environment and climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you get a f- sense that uh, the climate don was really something to help address some of those issues? Absolutely, absolutely. So the, a climate thon is a twenty four hour climate hackathon. Mm-hmm. It's just a space for people to come together around issues. In this particular instance, um, we were talking about trying to minimize the climate impacts of tourism here in Honolulu. So, absolutely. Yeah, um, and and uh, this was like a. I think the first climathon that took place, and and it yeah, was actually here, taking yeah. place simultaneously across probably hundred different cities across the world, mm-hmm. right? Now, in terms of um, why I have you here is because there were probably like five teams that all actually went through the twenty-four hour period and pitched, and your team was the one that got some recognition. Let's uh, uh, doing air quotes as as sort of one. <laughs> um, so tell me what what exactly did get zero wasted uh, pitch and and what what is it that uh, your project really tries to help do? Sure. So our group is called Get Zero Wasted. Um, we plan to provide packages. You know, the problem that we kind of looked at was that we focused on mm-hmm. was. Um, People come here, you know, they want to interact with our island, they want to go to the beach, so they buy, you know, snorkels, boogie boards, floaties, things of that nature, um, but then they leave them here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're disposed in the trash. Um, and when you're thinking about the millions and millions, the 5.6 million people that come here annually and climbing, that's a lot of waste. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking, okay... We got together. We decided that we were going to focus on providing packages of gently used durable beach goods such as those um, to tourists immediately as they get here. Um, so, for example, you know, jo- Josh and Sarah want to come on a very much needed vacation. You know, 
we'll contact them. They'll contact us. We'll give them a package so that once they get here, they have all the thing, things that they need to go to the beach. Um, they'll use it. Um, then we'll pick it up when they're done. And we'll clean it just to be put back into the system for the next person. Now, can the can um, they actually keep it if they wanted to keep it? Um, we haven't really worked out all the details yet because we are kind of in the seedling stage of, of but yeah, potentially. So that's a good point. Now, the climate-thon was really 24 hours. So the yeah. team came together. They basically really fleshed through the idea and presented this idea. What is it that you are now able to take advantage of in terms of being the winner mm-hmm. uh, You know, as a result of um, whatever benefits the Climathon now presented your, your team? Absolutely. We're super thankful for Impact Hub for hosting the Climathon, and it was really just a space for everybody that cares to come together. So mm-hmm. they offered us four months um, in their space to Over be able at to meet. the Impact Hub, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, they also gave us, you know, advisors and, and you know, just with word of mouth, honestly. Um, we have, we already have two clients that are willing to work with us and, and start, you know, a small pilot mm-hmm. um, with this. Um, and it, it just kind of, blew up very very quickly um yeah was it uh yeah in terms of the the team coming together i mean they didn't all know each other before coming together so how did the team dynamics work out and is that something that's also kind of uh being worked through yes yes we're still kind of in the beginning stages we don't really know how this group is going to form in the end um Mm -hmm. But it, it was kind of like magic. Uh, we all kind of came together, a bunch of beautiful minds, honestly, um, from various different backgrounds just coming together on the same issue. Um, you know, we don't know if we're going to be nonprofit or for-profit or anything like that just yet. But And so uh, in terms of like some of the immediate next steps, what do you see actually kind of happening? Yeah, so we are really looking at client discovery right now. Uh, customer discovery, um, and then we're also looking at, you know, small scale pilots mm-hmm. at at a few places where tourists like to come. Um, <laughs> so I think you know, at the end of the day, even if this doesn't blow up on a mass scale, um, we're really just hoping, you know, to plant a seed mm-hmm. of, you know, sustainability and conscious consumerism that is really like the first impression when you come to the island. And I think since Hawaii really wants to be an eco-tourist kind of dense destination, this is definitely going to be a step forward. Well, that's really good. And I, I always ask this question, where mm-hmm. can people find more information and kind of stay in touch with uh, Get Zero Wasted? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, you can follow us at on our Instagram page right now. It's at Get Zero Wasted. That's at Get the Number Zero wasted. And I'll put that up on our show notes. Thanks, Ren Neal, for joining us. Thank you so much. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong. We'll talk about Aina Informatics. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Pacific Database, Chaminade University, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Hi, my name is Terry Savage, and I proudly support Hawaii Public Radio. Listening to HPR is like looking at good art. 
It offers variety, depth, perspective, and nuance you won't find anywhere else on radio. Not everything I hear is necessarily my cup of tea, and that's okay. HPR's programs stretch my thinking and keep me connected to an ever-changing, complex world. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm glad to welcome Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong. Yvonne is the John K. Teaching Chair over at Iolani School, and Eric is the Program Director and Instructor for the Aina Informatics Network based over at Iolani School. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you so much, Bert. Yvonne, I'm so thrilled to have you back on the show, and it's, it's always, you know, you always have interesting things to, to share with us. So tell me, what is Aina Informatics? Um, so Aina Informatics is a program led by Iolani School that uh, wants to bring genome science into high school classrooms. Mm-hmm. So we provide a mobile lab, a researcher, and the curriculum, and we work with schools to um, develop place-based curriculum and collect real data via citizen science approach. Okay, so when you talk about um, genome science, I mean, where are the samples coming from? So the samples are coming from um, from different places, some of it from neighborhoods, and for example, our papaya GMO project, mm-hmm. but others are through a collaboration with researchers at UH, and so these are actually bacteria cultured from... Um, Lava tubes, as well as loe. So, so the, the the kids aren't really going out to the field per se to to collect any kind of samples. They are for the GMO papaya um, project. Yes. So, so Eric, I mean, you're you're involved with the actual uh, development of the program. Uh, can you sort of describe what the what the students would would get involved in from from perhaps some field work or some lab work? Sure. Uh, it kind of varies. So we reach out to individual teachers um, at both public and um, DOE schools, and it really varies on the focus that the teacher is choosing to bring, the mm-hmm. framing around the kind of tech package that we're bringing. And so the curriculum can be kind of framed in different ways. And so for some groups, you know, we are out in the neighborhoods, like with uh, the Kai program last summer, we walked around Palolo Valley, we're gathering from the neighbors' uh, yards to find specifically papayas for that particular activity mm-hmm. and um, really getting to know uh, kind of where these trees uh, are exist in their particular neighborhood. And that's important for, the, uh, I guess, uh, understanding some of the results of that particular activity. In other cases, um, uh, we've working towards trying to get more opportunities for students to come. I mean, we've brought teachers out to the fish pond to sample the water and sediments from fish ponds and done sequencing on that. And so there's a variety of ways that um, I think we've been attempting to frame these projects uh, based on the demand, I guess, and interest from the educators that we work with. Now, when you when you talk about the uh, uh, genomes, I mean, and genomes are going to be tied to some organism, how do you tie that research and that information back to the aina. I mean, so I, I look at, you know, organisms, I look at land. So how do you connect this, these two pieces of the puzzle together? Yeah, I think we went with um, this kind of 
aina, the, that which nurtures and feeds us, because I think it's that relationship that we have in Hawaii that's really unique with, um, you know, uh, a long history of kind of working with and among the land. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a long time, I think there has been a deep understanding that there are so much natural phenomena that we can observe that are actually mediated by microbial and or, you know, indeed even like subcellular processes, you know, and um, being able to bring genomics into that kind of observation and extension of that kilo is actually, I think, really, um, really, really cool because it resonates not only with, I think, our natural understanding of the things that we can see, but we get to dive deeper into the patterns that maybe have been known, but we can start to look at some of the underlying mechanisms that kind of drive these changes that we have um, long since understood about our environment. So, Yvonne, you know, uh, Eric just talked about patterns. I mean, are there some patterns that you're starting to see emerge by the genomic studies that the students are getting involved in? Um, So we're starting to see some patterns in the lava cave bacteria that they seem they communicate with each other mm-hmm. more than um, than we would expect to see in other environments, and you can only kind of you can get at that through looking at their genes and the genes that they use to communicate with each other. Um, so that's really cool to. So to be able how to see did you how things. did you kind of isolate or identify the genes that allow them to communicate? Um, through bioinformatics. <laughs> yeah, so you can take a sequence and you can compare it to known sequences with known functions mm-hmm. and um, identify putative functions in new genomes. Yeah. I like, uh, well, maybe Eric, you know, you, you made reference to some of the sort of traditional Native Hawaiian cultural uh, uses of the land, and, and now you're bringing sort of science into the picture. But I, I like the fact that Iolani has really kind of embraced the, the, the Native Hawaiian cultural aspect of it. And is that something that uh, you see being spread across some of the curriculum that uh, you're now introducing? I certainly hope so. Um, Iolani obviously is founded in the Native Hawaiian tradition. In today's world, I think, um, you know, uh, there are goals uh, across the network, including DOE frameworks that really bring Hawaiian culture to the forefront. And I think, um, you know, it's important that we leverage that piece of kind of our students' identity and their kind of cultural um, sense of place because, uh, you know, quite oftentimes when these technologies are taught in the science classroom, they come from these very generic, you know, you know, cosmopolitan, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, s- and frameworks. And uh, for many of our students, I think it's much easier to relate. Um, but not only that, I think um, it, for me, is, of course, a sense of, I think, kuleana to impart that for our students, especially if they want to to have careers here. I think they um, should bring their whole kind of worldview and their whole selves to uh to bear on learning these subjects, and I think that's only going to get them farther in the local uh, job market in you know in the future. Now you mentioned you mentioned the uh, Aina Informatics Network, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that because 
it's not just limited to Iolani students. I mean, you have purposely got this technology and, and curriculum and are spreading it amongst some of the other schools that express interest. So how far and wide is this network? Okay, so we're just beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And we are just one of several programs at Iolani that um, take this outward-facing mission, right? Uh, Yvonne's, you know, been kind of at the forefront for Iolani in um, opening up these what we call community of schools or communities of schools. Um, and we're really looking to link kind of teacher to teacher um, and build out a support network that way. One of the reasons for genomics in particular is that, you know, it's a fast-moving field, so the content is constantly changing. And there's a lot of overhead associated with um, teaching these technologies. And so uh, through our network and le- by leveraging our resources, we're able to kind of expand those opportunities to our network mm-hmm. participants. Mm-hmm. And as far as scope, um, you know, we started uh, with some of the smaller private schools who were kind of the first to raise their hands, but since have um, pivoted um, hard towards a lot of DOE schools. So that includes... Um, you know, we've worked at Moanalua High School. I worked with the entire seventh grade at King Intermediate for the past three weeks. Um, and uh, we're going to be at uh, IAEA, Kalani, um, Radford um, are coming up. Uh, but likewise, we will still be working with, um, you know, uh, some of the schools in the independent, in, in the independent school district. Mm-hmm. And so that includes uh, St. Andrews, um, also, uh, Hawaii Baptist Academy. Yeah, so, you know, at Mid-Pack Middle School. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a growing list, actually, now that I'm talking about it. It seems like we've yeah. kind of come pretty far in a short amount of time. Now, Yvonne, you know, this uh, enabling technology that now allows the, the students to get an idea of the genomic uh, information, is the technology changed in such a way that it's a lot easier to access? Is it, is it cheaper? Is it more readily available? Yeah, um, you know, to sequence when the first time the human genome was sequenced, it was almost a billion dollars, and now you can sequence a, a human genome for a thousand dollars. And it was the these next generation sequencing technologies that have just come um, to the forefront in the last, you know, five ten years that mm-hmm. have enabled that. And so we're relying on a particular technology called the Mina-Ion, developed by Oxford Nanopore, which literally you can hold it in the palm of your hand. It's a tiny sequencer, but it can produce, you know, billions of base pairs of data. Um, But it allows us to bring it into the high school classrooms Mm -hmm. so that they can run it and see... Yeah. So, so you know, I do want to talk a little bit about the kind of the actual curriculum that, that you, Eric, are, are taking out to the school. So I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong about Aina Informatics. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting and Island Insurance. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong from Iolani School and about uh, gathering data from the land, the bacterium, studying genomics, and, of course, the creation of the Aloha Aina. I mean, 
I love Aloha Aina. <laughs> Aina Informatics Network. And of course, right before the break, um, you know, we're we're talking about some of the curriculum that goes out to the to the schools. And and Eric, you're kind of responsible, and you actually kind of named off a, a pretty long list of schools that are now getting involved. What is it that you actually take out there? And have you are, are you giving them a pretty much a, a, a starter kit to to get involved with uh, Aina Informatics? Yeah, so as Yvonne mentioned, we have a mobile lab. It's a lab that I can pack up on wheels and basically bring to virtually any classroom. We can, you know, handle about 25 students in a variety of classroom settings. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's not necessary for that classroom to be tricked out or, you know, we bring everything that we need for a particular curriculum that we've designed. And um, going, I guess, into the curriculum itself, behind every kind of lesson that we've written up for this program um, has been uh, either an inspiration or some type of collaborative spark um, from fellow teachers, right? And so when we were talking about the GMO papaya, it was really with one of our teachers, um, partner schools or partner classrooms at HBA where um, that kind of idea came up. and. Um, teachers continue to kind of register their interest in a variety of topics, and mm -hmm. I'll work with them to kind of, you know, I mean, using um, maybe, you know, m some of my time and then some of Yolani's resources, we can develop out uh, kind of, you know, a piece of curriculum that not only addresses maybe that particular classroom's interest, but speaks to a variety of classroom settings. And so really that's been the process mm -hmm. in terms of what we're bringing to these classrooms um yeah it's the kit it's the lessons i step in and guests teach i lead the labs in collaboration with the hosting teacher um and you know we kind of have to tailor it to different schedules and different classroom settings but that's kind of part of it and if there are educators listening that have a really cool idea about maybe hey this is something that we'd love to bring into a lesson um i, re I really encourage them to reach out to us so yvonne you know there was a there's a, a term that uh, i i saw in some of the write-ups about uh, bioethics and and as eric talks about let's say uh papaya how do you apply the bioethics piece to this genomic data and study yeah, with these new technologies like CRISPR, which allow you to edit the genome mm -hmm. <laughs> with incredible precision, we have um, you know issues like superfish <laughs> being already being created. Actually, designer babies, you know, bringing back extinct animals. Like these are all possibilities and realities right now that our students will have to deal with in the future. So we feel it's our responsibility to inform. Um, our kids so that they understand the technology, don't fear it, and can, you know, be informed and participate in the discussion around these technologies. So the, so, uh, the Aina Informatics in and of itself, is, uh, is it uncovering any bioethics issues or is it just a forum by which now we can talk about all these other things that are impacting uh, as a result of this technology being more available? Um, I mean, we... So we introduce, because many of us that, that are scientists, we weren't introduced to ethics until, mm -hmm. you know, a separate course in graduate school. And so, um, so this, so we introduce the ethics along with the technology. And I think that's the, 
the right way to do it instead of adding it on later. That's that's really great that you bring it up because whether it's talking about genomic data or artificial intelligence, the idea of having a discussion about ethics I think is really important before the you know before the the nuclear bomb is being built right i mean how, what are the ethical implications of some of this new technology now now uh i mean eric so as as you start to see schools getting getting into this are you able to kind of keep in touch with them and make sure that they're continuing to have excitement about you know some of this new technology well we hope so uh there's a uh, kind of a part a part of our mission also has been to kind of leverage some of the funding that we've been able to garner to provide uh, partner schools with entire lab equipment setups mm -hmm. for keeps mm -hmm. right and um, in doing so we hope to kind of promote not just that classrooms uh, you know capacity but also you know the capacity of classrooms in and around that particular classroom and so for example you know we uh, went to St. Andrews, one of our early adopters, one of their teachers um, was able to kind of take it upon themselves, not only just to kind of, um, you know, take on the curriculum, but also kind of bring that um, awareness to neighboring teachers and the technology that we were able to leave at that school is now being utilized by multiple teachers across different disciplines in science and um, that's kind of the idea right to grow that long-term capacity and so really uh, you know we've got orders placed for Moana Lua High School that's going to be uh, another kind of place where we hope to foster that type of capacity yeah and the idea is not for me to just come in and you know take over your classroom and provide this lesson as a service per se it's it's really about um, um, helping um, teachers kind of you know, who are busy and stacked with so much other things going on to get them started. And then maybe the following year we team teach it. And then maybe the third year, mm -hmm. you know, they're doing it on their own equipment, which mm -hmm. we can help support. You, you know? mentioned, you mentioned uh, uh, funding. I mean, is, is, uh, has Iolani been successful at getting kind of the initial funding? And how do you see that being sustained over the, the coming years? Um, yeah, we've been very lucky to get support from private donors initially to start this program and start the pilot and hire Eric. And then we were um, really lucky to get an E.E. Ford Foundation grant, mm -hmm. a leadership grant that um, will to to continue. And we're hoping as more people get excited about this to to kind of keep it going, keep the moment, momentum going. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the last uh, sort of minute and a half or so, I, I really want to get your feedback on you're getting the kids really exposed to some cool technology and some thinking about the future. What does Hawaii have to do to actually create an environment so that they could perhaps land back here once they complete their, let's say, college uh, education? Yeah, I mean... Uh, Biotech jobs <laughs> have um, those companies know that Hawaii is a place where they can they can do research and um, yeah provide we can introduce kids to these STEM fields and data science and and hopefully they instead of going to the mainland they'll want to come back home and and they'll have a place to. Um, but but yeah, uh, to, you're you're doing a great job of creating the supply. What do we need to do to create the demand? Maybe that's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough question to ask for for uh, educators, but that's important, right? Because they're all going to end up leaving. 
No, hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, we're connecting our curriculum is connecting those technologies to the to their place, um, and then our our curriculum is is focused particularly on this place. So, where can people find out more information about the bio, I mean the uh, Aloha uh, Aloha Informatics? Um, Iolani org backslash Ina Informatics. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Yvonne Chan and Eric Tong, they're both from Ilani and have created the Aina Informatics Network. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about the Internet Society's Indigenous Connectivity Summit. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at ByteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of ByteMarks Cafe. Bye-bye.